Welcome back to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here uh, with two special guests. So today we're fortunate enough to be joined by Ron Reed and Greg Rosenbaum from South by Southwest EDU. Welcome to the show, uh, Ron and Greg. Super happy to be back with you, Michael. It's yeah, nice to be on the line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, for our uh, loyal listeners out there uh you know it's basically there's two categories of listeners there's loyal listeners and soon to be loyal listeners so uh so for those of you who were listening to trending in education last march uh you know that we did a live taping of our show our march madness trend spotting show uh down in austin for south by southwest edu uh you know, Ron and Greg were wonderful hosts while we're down there. Uh, we had a we had a fantastic time at the conference, and uh, and then as, if that as if that as if that were enough, uh, it wasn't. We were also able to interview uh, Greg and Ron to get uh, a sense from each of you where you see the world of learning and education uh, heading. Had a wonderful conversation, and we we wanted to pick up on it. Um, kind of off cycle. So that was right in the, in the thick of the conference. Now we're about six months out uh, and South by Southwest EDU will happen again in March of 2020, March 9th to the 12th of 2020. Um, you know, I would personally recommend it to anyone who, who has the wherewithal and the gumption to get down there. Uh, and there's some interesting, uh, interesting pieces in play uh, in the, the, on the horizon for, for the next conference, uh, which will be your 10th anniversary. Um, so we wanted to spend a little time with, uh, with Ron and Greg to talk about um, where we see the world of learning and education heading, uh, where we think it might be by uh, March of 2020, and then hopefully get a little bit of perspective on uh, where we think we, things are heading more broadly. So like, where is the world of learning and education going? Are there trends that are emerging that are top of mind? Um, so I think just to, to get started, I thought maybe we'd start with you, Ron, uh, just to try to get uh, some perspective on South by Southwest EDU, because uh, I think many folks may have heard of South by Southwest. Uh, they, they may have heard of South by Southwest EDU, and you're someone who... Uh, who understands both of those things, and you've been in the the Austin community getting active around these activities really over the last, uh, say, 15, 20 years or more. Um, can you give us a little perspective on the origin story of uh, South by Southwest EDU? Yeah, by all means. And again, really, really happy to be connected, Mike. And it's nice to be talking uh, in October. Uh, as much as we loved uh, visiting at the convention center in March, uh, it's great to be yakking as we're, as we're really uh, kind of building the plane. We'll, we'll be hoping to fly here shortly. But yeah, the origin story is, is sort of a fun one. Um, you know, long story short, my best friend uh, is the guy that started South by Southwest Music. And he, he remains the CEO, managing director of the organization. And so while Roland was busy building South by Southwest music into South by Southwest film and interactive and, and really this large uh, uh, convergence uh, type of event, he and, he and I chatted for 20 years uh, about what the role of education could be in the context of the South by brand. Um, Roland and I met in high school. We were uh, on the school newspaper together. We cut a few classes to go see music. Um, as we moved from high school into college, 
Roland was managing bands and I enjoyed running with him to clubs, liberal arts major myself. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but it really started a, a, probably a 25 year conversation about the role and significance of education and, and whether there was a fit. It, it felt real foundational to all of the sectors that South by Southwest was addressing from music and film and tech. Uh, and, and their style of convening was really fascinating too. And, and mm -hmm. so that was kind of the inspiration of uh, the, the EDU portion. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that uh, we're, we're really proud of how the community has embraced the brand and, and our approach to, to hosting education conversations at South by Southwest. Yeah. So and then that began, um, was it uh, 2000, 2009, 2010 was when EDU started? Yeah, in, indeed. Uh, so Roland and I, best best friends, uh, best man at each other's wedding, you know, godfather to kids and, and that sort of thing. We, we talked about it for a long while. Uh, again, Roland was having great success growing and evolving South by Southwest. That was about the time there was a, a large recession and there was a nice uh, uh, reduction, unfortunately, in ed funding. Mm -hmm. And so the notion was maybe there's an opportunity to, to spin up a conversation about innovation and disruption in the sector. Mm -hmm. uh, it started originally as a K-12 event uh, and sort of a regional focus, but as per all of the South by, uh, you know, sort of worldview, we, we imagined it as something a little more grander as we proceeded with it. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so the first year of South by EDU was indeed 10 years ago in, in 2011, uh, um, again, largely a Texas K-12 event. And uh, Greg joined the organization, really helped, helped launch the event as well. Mm -hmm. I, I he's, he's as much the soul and spirit of South by EDU as, uh, as anybody around. And so together, I think we've, we've had a blast trying to figure out how to grow and, and host a convening that is as impactful as the rest of South by. Awesome. Yeah. And I'd love to maybe bring you in now, Greg, too, as someone who's been in since inception and has seen uh, how the span of the last 10 years has unfolded for South by Southwest EDU. Um, any thoughts on that? Like how, uh, how things have changed, how it's evolved, any uh, war stories uh, from the early <laughs> years uh, and, uh, and uh, thoughts on how, you know, what's changed, uh, maybe what hasn't changed uh, over that span of time? Sure. Yeah, it's, it's been fascinating. And I think part of it, too, has just been the evolution of, of building an event and a convening for a community over the course of that period of time that started as sort of a Texas K-12 event back in 2011 in our partnership with the Texas Education Agency around of a new sort of ed tech platform they were launching and had grown into higher ed the next year and then early learning and workforce development. And mm -hmm. as the community went from 800 to 2000 to 4000 to 6000 and now uh, north of eight or 9000 registrants, we've really seen as the community has grown and matured, uh, sort of a, a, a more mature reflection of what's going on in the space more broadly. And I think a mirroring of, of what we see uh, trending in education over the last decade. And, and some of those things that I think stand out to us as we start thinking back on it now that we're you know, going, approaching our 10th year is, I think one of the big things that was that's coming up in conversation around the 2011, 2012 time was, was the rise of Common Core and standards and assessment were really big. And mm -hmm. we we're thinking about how do we measure education? How do we prove effectiveness? And I think, especially here in Texas, as they were going through a state adoption of, of the STAR test, but um, even more broadly, there was just a, a reflection of almost too much testing and that it's not about 
the, the macro view, it's about the micro view and moving into a personalized sense of learning and, and focusing in on the individual has really been sort of where the industry and, and the community has moved over the last eight or nine years. So uh, I don't know that we really are looking at much programming going into the 2020 event that talks specifically about, there's actually nothing on Common Core, but it doesn't talk specifically about standards and assessment. It's talking about how do we prove effective practice and learning? How do we measure that? I think even higher education is, is being reflective about what role Role does uh, the the ACT and the SAT play in acceptance? Yep. And yep. Um, you know, are those tests uh, effectively measuring an equity mindset when it comes to education? And how do we best reflect that? And so, I think we're in this place where we're really focusing on the individual and finding a way for each person to succeed in their own learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Any any uh, additional thoughts, Ron? Yeah, I mean, very much what Greg said. I think the the evolution. I, I think when we first launched, and maybe particularly in partnership with an education agency uh, here locally, there was there was this sort of attention and focus on the structures and the conversation about education. To Greg's point, has moved from sort of that institutional framing to a lot more personal framing. Mm -hmm. and, and when we when we think about education as like a tool of empowerment, as opposed to the domain of a higher ed or a, a K twelve constituency or community. It gets a, a, a lot more interesting and a lot more impactful in terms of education as a great uh, as a great unlocker and uh, uh, of opportunity for folks more broadly on it. So I think that's that's built a, a very passionate conversation about learning that is uh, is is increased in tenure and tenor I should say over the decade. I think we enjoy a lot more discussions about learning its impact on the learner the future etc today than ever before and we, we kind of love that aspect of it yeah and i remember us talking about this in march um and i think we shared a similar perspective on uh education versus learning and uh you know what's institutional versus what's personal um yep. and it's something uh and by the way uh bonus points to greg for saying uh trending in education <laughs> uh, you got titular there. So thank you, Greg, uh, for, for that. But uh, when we're trying to get a read on the zeitgeist, you know, like the spirit of the times around what's emerging in learning and education, um, I think you have to add the word learning nowadays. And you have to think about it more. Uh, I always uh, equate it a, a bit to the, the self-care, self-improvement movement where um, the idea that learning and educational experiences don't end when you get your undergraduate or high school diploma, they actually need to last uh, through the full span of your life course. And now that uh, you know, uh, you've been doing this for, for 10 years, you're actually experiencing those changes. Uh, one of the questions that, that I had uh, is you know, how much of your mission at South by Southwest EDU is to reflect what's happening in the world outside, uh, you know, the world of learning and education, and how much of it is to uh, try to influence that. Because uh, uh, I did have a pretty profound experience, I, I will tell you, last year when I was there. And um, I couldn't tell how much of it was really reflecting the collective experience that everyone was having there and how much of uh, really organizing the conference is about curating that experience so that folks are, um, are um, you know, getting a read on what's happening outside, but a little bit of that I think takes some forethought. So I'd love to get 
um, each of you, maybe starting with you, Greg, and then hearing from you, Ron, um, how much of South by Southwest EDU is designed to just reflect back to the community? This is who you are, this is what you're doing. And how much of it is, uh, re requires some intentionality on the, on the side of the organizers to say, um, this maybe needs more a focus, more uh, attention, and we need to actually maybe influence where the world of learning and education is going. So, so maybe starting with you, Greg, and then Ron, if you have any thoughts, I'd love to, love to hear from each of you on this. Sure, yeah, and I think it's probably helpful to, to, to share with your community here that, uh, you know, principally one of the ways that we are programming a lot of the event, this may account for upwards of like 70% of our program is through a crowdsource platform called Panel Picker, which um, every summer we'll launch for a month, people will go in and submit programming ideas. And then what's unique about it is we'll actually flip it to the community to provide their input. So there's a public voting element. There's an advisory board of over 200 education professionals that will go through on a more in-depth basis and review. And then the staff will review that as well. And, and so there's a reflection piece to, to the programming process that we do every year that's super important. I'll share this summer, I think we had uh, over 1,700 proposals for mm -hmm. EDU alone. Mm -hmm. South by Southwest will go through a similar uh, process. But um, seeing that, that evolution every year gives us an opportunity to reflect what the community is going through, but, but also kind of um, curate a little bit on top of that to make sure that, that some key topics are, are, are being addressed. And so I'd say it's very much so intentional, the, the way that people experience the event and the, what they hope to get out of it. I, it's unique that we bring together such a diverse community within education, and, and I'm sure you felt that, that it wasn't just the middle school science teachers or, you know, a, a smaller subset that, that finds their own community and specific associations, but that I think in, in just creating an ecosystem and an environment that intentionally breaks down barriers between the different players within education, mm -hmm. we are cultivating a unique experience that, that hopefully helps people find that impact and that reflection. Mm -hmm. um, as a byproduct of being at the event. So the community reflection is a key piece to that, but, but building on top of that is, is something that we value each year. And I think, you know, it, it comes from, from having a team of, you know, eight or 10 staffers that are out in the community, going to events, working with the community, learning from what's going on and trying to sort of find those through lines between all those conversations, whether they're speaking to, um, you know, a, a nonprofit stakeholder or an institution or, or someone from a different area of learning that they can sort of weave together what some of those trends are and, and help reflect that when it comes to the event each March. Yeah, and uh, just real quick, I, I think that's part of why there's been such a natural affinity between South by Southwest EDU and what we're trying to do at Trending in Education, where we're intentionally broad in our focus. Like uh, one of my observations of late is that, uh, you know, the world is becoming very siloed, lots of insular insularity, where groups who have an affinity spend a lot of time finding each other and finding a safe place to validate their perspectives which is great, particularly for underserved communities who haven't really had the opportunity to find safe places to connect. But what I, what I really aspire to, and I, I definitely got this experience uh, in 2019 when I was at EDU, I look forward to continuing uh, to experience this uh, with, with what the conference you're, you're putting on, is that I was, there were surprising connections. There were places where, uh, you know, one of the real benefits of diversity and inclusion is exposing people who otherwise wouldn't have been in the same room to each other and finding surprising mashup connections, surprising places where, you know what, I hadn't really thought about that. 
Um, and then Ron, as, as you know, we maybe move to you for your perspective, uh, I think frequently when you're going deep within an area of a community of interest, you don't always recognize that that same topic or theme is relevant somewhere else. And um, as someone who's been really, you know, in on the ground floor with what uh, South by Southwest EU has been over the years, I'd love to get your perspective on that. Like, are there um, some examples of surprising connections or places where, you know, had you just been an ed tech conference or uh, just focus on K-12, for example, you may have, not, you may not have seen some of the connectivity among some of the themes that we're talking about. So, um, yeah, and I don't, yeah. I'm throwing you a bit of a curveball because I, I know you can hit. No, the no, 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 uh, this is awesome. And, and I appreciate it. And I'll, 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 I'll invite Greg to, to, to help lean in on it as well. You know, I'm, I'm thinking a, a little bit about where we started with that, the extent to which we reflect the community versus influence. And I, I think that's, a little bit of a story of our growth at South by EDU. I, I think our initial years, we were very much just trying to build a platform to give voice to these issues. And, and I, I think uh, uh, to maybe knit together a couple of observations, this, this sort of learner-centric view, all of a sudden um, em, embraced uh, the, the sense of equity and inclusion that crowdsourcing the program and panel picker has helped empower a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. and, and so I, I think a, a couple of things in terms of influencing the conversation, I, I think we see our, um, a vehicle to do that is really this diversity of community, recognizing that, you know, through lines are unique uh, for everyone who attends. And so trying to find that empowerment piece is, is sort of central. So, so I think for us, our influence has been maybe twofold. One, in trying to bring the community together to give voice to their thoughts and reflections. Mm -hmm. and, and I think also just the, the notion of a brand that has personality and perspective. I think year one, year two of our own ignition, uh, our own admission, we're, we're, uh, we're learning and uh, acquiring that. And I think 10 years in, we, we love the learnings that community empowers us to share on their behalf and more broadly with it. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, yes, I, I think a big shift has been the interdisciplinary nature of this, that mm -hmm. uh, again, a keen focus on, uh, on um, you know, very specific role profiles and how to move the needle with individual learners or initiatives or strategies or tactics and all of those are important conversations, but uh, in, in, a, in a broader sense that inclusive conversation that affords everyone access to the benefits and engagements of the community sort of where where we lean so not to drone on too much, but I, I think a little bit about the unbundling conversation. Again, when we started, it was standards. It was inputs to, to higher ed. Mm -hmm. Now it's a lot more uh, learner-driven conversation. And, and that's really throughout K through 12 and higher ed and beyond in my mind on it. And I, I think that uh, that has been something that we share a, a spirit and, and zeitgeist about as, as well as the community. So we love that. And I'll jump in on this too. Mike, I mean, I think one thing that's interesting, if you zoom up even further, it's notable that South by Southwest, a brand that's known for music, film, interactive technology, is leaning in on education, that they've put education on this pedestal of, of a cultural platform mm -hmm. on the same weight and, and measure as the, the rock stars of the world and the filmmakers and the actors and the designers of the future of technology that South by Southwest as a brand is saying, no, education needs to be part of that mix and is key to that. Is super important. I think 10 years in now that we've built this community,
community, we've connected it to the rest of South by we're thinking about how do we keep uh, sort of encouraging those connections, but also elevate the fact that South by Southwest is really leaning in on, on what education is all about. Yeah. And I love that point too. Cause like, uh, you know, if you, uh, at, well, first off on a selfish uh, level, I like talking about the world outside, which includes the world of media, entertainment, sports, uh, technology, interactive, the the idea that all of those things should be understood in terms of their impact on learning. Uh, that's one of the things that I've talked about on this show a lot. When we started in 2016, we were like, oh my God, how are we going to do a weekly show on trends that are relevant to learning and education? Now we're pumping out two shows a week and we could likely go even, we could do more shows if there were more time. Um, and, uh, you know, I've also reflected on this where like, you know, um, education learning um, maybe used to be a, a separate section in any conversation. Maybe you get to it, maybe you don't. Maybe it makes it to the front page once or twice a year. What I've noticed now that we've been doing this show for a long time is that uh, it's bubbling up to the top of the consciousness on a more routine basis. So, you know, South by Southwest uh, proper is talking to musicians and uh, filmmakers and folks in technology, if they're not thinking about learning, they're doing themselves a disservice. And I think the crossover appeal of South by Southwest as an in interdisciplinary brand that is interested in learning and education, um, I'm really excited for the, the next 10 years, you know? And, uh, and I think that's really where uh, we wanted to pivot to, and uh, and now now Ron, you get bonus points for saying Zeitgeist uh, first. <laughs> so, so well done, we're all winning. But um, but but as as we're trying to get a little more Zeitgeisty about it, um, looking ahead to 2020, uh, and this is a toss-up question. So whoever wants to answer first, uh, feel free to weigh in. But um, what themes are emerging? You know, so you know you you have the benefit of being able to be a little more longitudinal over the span of 10 years to look at more broadly what trends we're seeing. Uh, you know, this is uh, the y'all, and I'm allowed to say y'all, which is wonderful. Uh, y'all are, are vetting panel picker and your user community and that growing community of educators and learners who are interested in um, engaging in the convergence zone that you're building down in Austin each spring. Um, What's changing? What, you know, if we were plotting this uh, graph, you know, where are the points of inflection? Where are things starting to accelerate and uh, move faster? Uh, you know, I've heard of trend spotting as, you know, identifying the accelerating present. So, like, where do we see things accelerating in the world of learning and education as reflected uh, either through South by Southwest uh, EDU or just through your own personal uh, perspective on this. Love to get a little bit into that, uh, maybe beginning with you, Ron, and then uh, rounding that out a little more with Greg. Yeah, and I'm, I may lean into Greg a little bit more in the sense that really we, we enjoy as a team mining panel picker and seeing what all is in there and, and, and really trying to uh, trying to trying to read the, the interest of the community to to Greg's other point as well. We're, we're also out and about. We were at EDUCAUSE last week and others are going to INACAL. We've got a 
uh, a, a colleague who's speaking at an ed tech event in in uh, in, in Tokyo, uh, and so we we are trying to be more attentive. But but certainly, given the gifts that the community shares with us from a programming, we have we have a fun process uh, where the team sort of dives in and and, and pitches one another on their preferred or, or their identified uh, trends. Greg's led uh, a good team initiative over the last several years, and so maybe it's both some context of, of what is enduring about it and also some new things. I might go ahead and sort of defer to you for initially, Greg, if I might. Uh, sure, sure. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. There are a few things. I think one of the things that we were sort of getting to earlier was the, the notion of the individual learner and how there's a focus there. I think one of the other manifestations around that has been just the rise of SEL, social emotional learning and wellness. That uh, was a track we introduced to the program. We'll do about 16 tracks a year and introduced it five or six years ago. And now uh, the summer was one of the top five tracks coming out of Panel Picker alongside of K-12, higher ed, equity, and emerging tech and development, that mm. uh, the whole student development and social emotional learning is, is on par with a lot of those other sort of grand scale topics is, is really notable in my mind that people mm -hmm. are thinking about it that way. Um, you know, one of the things that I found super interesting and late, especially, we, uh, we launched this last summer with, in partnership with uh, Amazon Web Services, a voice technology development challenge. Um, and, and notice coming out of Panel Picker again that the future of information delivery is really changing and whether that is the use of uh, voice enabled technology in the home or in school or whether that is uh, learning through podcasting and audio. I know that's an area that you personally are very passionate about mm -hmm. and that we've been super excited to see sort of grow and elevate that. A lot of us are con consuming books and content in ways that are new and unique. And um, so we've seen sessions about what is the future of books and how does print media sort of live on. Um, you know, from a vendor standpoint, it's been interesting for us to see the, the transition over the years from um, having publishers be some of the main pre presences to technology companies being the main presences. And, and those publishers are sort of flipping into themselves, sort of digital learning mechanisms and not just strictly publishing houses. And so uh, it's sort of a fascinating wave of what the future of how we will be consuming information and learning in some fashions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think maybe a couple of things. One, it's kind of pleasing to see technology more integral to the conversation than sort of held out. And, and one of the things we've been reflecting on is, is sort of the uh, the integration of tech. Uh, we, we see a number of curricular topics bubbling up this year. Maybe no surprise given the landscape. Mm -hmm. uh, civics, uh, education is a hot topic right now. Mm -hmm. We uh, might also appreciate the challenge of, uh, of sex curriculum, uh, 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 of um, yeah, uh, uh, curriculums regarding um, uh, forgive me, I'm losing sex education. Sex education, forgive me, I was uh, that 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 are uh, being affected by that. Um, I think again, we see an enduring uh, sort of uh, rise of student voice and agency uh, mm -hmm. on the program, and maybe another another trend worth calling out in alignment with uh, sort of the policy arena is a lot of interest given the upcoming election. Yeah. Uh, on the program uh, this year, which yeah, I think at South by EDU, we, we've always embraced policy as a really important conversation. We sort of know that the impact of, of policy decisions are, are grand and, and far ranging, oftentimes beyond sort of their intent with it. 
and, and so really welcoming those conversations is has been something that's been important to us it feels like it's been very important to the community as well mm -hmm. um, we've you know to greg's point enjoyed a number of conversations of, of federal policy and practice over the years and i think that will continue but i think one of the things that we're observing is really the the, the, the light up in the conversation at community and city levels. We enjoy a goodly number of mayors talking about their work at, uh, at South by EDU. This sort of localization of education, I think, again, sort of equates to this value prop of the learner in our community, in our town. What are our goals uh, mm -hmm. uh, in that respect? Yeah. So, uh, so I think we're, we're excited about the program in process and that's to come in, uh, for, for March. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the if you want to get a sense of the zeitgeist of where the world of learning and education is, uh, Spirit of the Times, uh, March, uh, early March in Austin is a good way to get a read on that. So, uh, you know, from a, I'll speak from my personal experience. And then, um, and then what should be my personal experience uh, this coming spring, too. So, uh, so I know there's some announcements that are coming out around, uh, you know, uh, if our listeners haven't had a sense yet, like your EDU is not frozen in time. You're continuing to push the envelope, explore new modes of delivery, new, like to your point, Greg, new ways of getting educational content out there. One of those vehicles is the one that we're, uh, we're engaging in right now, podcasting. Um, what's on the horizon uh, there? So I know, uh, just more broadly, there's there's likely innovation that's beyond podcasting that will also be happening in 2020. But I know specifically for our listeners who enjoy this show, may want to enjoy it live. Uh, there will be a component of that uh, to uh, what what South by Southwest EDU will be launching in the spring. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and Mike's been, and Dan and, and others aligned to the Training and Education Podcast have been great thought partners as we vision this out. Um, but we're launching a podcast stage for live podcast recordings and tapings in the context of, of South by Southwest EDU that not only emphasize really interesting conversations around education, but the power of podcasting to be an influential sort of learning mechanism within education. And so I think we'll do a series of, of 15 to 18 different podcasts um, we are actually tomorrow on Wednesday, October 23rd, announcing the first 300 or so sessions, including a handful of podcasts. We'll continue to start programming out that stage, but are super excited to bring um, sort of what is what is largely an audio format to life in, in a live event context at, at South by Southwest EDU. Um, and I'll take this setup and maybe talk about a few other new things for, yeah. for <laughs> Please do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I'm at it. Uh, so one of the other things that we're super excited about is um, the, the final day of EDU is the day before the rest of South by Southwest starts. So there's four days of EDU. We end on a Thursday. And then the next day is when interactive film and music kick off for South by. And we've often felt like there is a really interesting conversation going on at EDU about developing the next generation and reskilling the workforce and, and all of the learning that goes into building a talent pipeline. And then the event flips and there's a conversation about what the current landscape is, what the future of technology and work is, and how do we bring more connection between those two communities. And so 
Um, we've trialed some things in the past, but are really building out a program that's a day-long uh, series of sessions and workshops and film screenings and challenges on that Thursday that will not only be open to EDU registrants, but also early arrivals to South by Southwest as a way to start bridging those communities. We see value in those interactions. We know the serendipity of just being at the event is powerful. Mm -hmm. And so building out some content around uh, workforce and talent pipeline, around cities of learning and policy, around leadership and mm -hmm. sort of education, technology and development, those things that are core to both communities um, are hoping to kind of wed a little bit of, of what's going on at EDU with the rest of, of the world at South by Southwest. Yeah. Well, I mean, it reminds me of the point I, I think you were making, Ron, too, just that like the the learner exists in a broader context and the idea that EDU can reflect, your EDU conference can reflect that, where rather than separating out the learning experience from the rest of your life, uh, one of the themes that I've been uh, really uh, gravitating towards lately is the idea that learning is a lifetime experience and it, it, ex it exists within every context uh, in which we live. So like if it's really a mindset shift to, to always be looking for opportunities to benefit and learn and, uh, and to, your, to both your point, I think that ties directly to um, diversity and being exposed to difference in an interesting way. Um, are there other, um, other themes or other ideas that you, that, that, that are, that you want to make sure our listeners understand? If just not to bury the lead, you know, if you want to experience the magic of trending in education in live and in person, uh, <laughs> you know, you will have an opportunity in, in, in the spring. And it is interesting too, because like I, I did, you know, we recently went to the sound education conference in, in Boston, which was fantastic. But that was more people talking about podcasts, which is different from experiencing the live emergent aspects of a performance. And, uh, and that's where I think podcasting is interesting, particularly as it might relate to music. Um, and then, you know, Ron, you know, maybe to try to, we're coming up on time, but, but bring this a little bit more full circle, you know, some of the roots of South by Southwest uh, EDU are tied to music. The live performance of uh, these podcasts is something I'm really excited about. But the idea that like, when you're in the, in the moment with people, you know, we talked about how much we needed to script uh, this conversation versus let it happen. Um, it does seem like there's something magical that happens. And even as organizers, you know, the fact that this is this cross -dis disciplinary convergence zone among, you know, K-12, higher ed, workforce development, lifelong learning, ed educational technology, you have a mix of educators and uh, makers and influencers. Um, how does that all how does it all relate any any parting thoughts again just to put you on 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 the spot a bit as as we're getting closer to to wrapping but um you know i've been i've been struck by uh really the authentic spirit of the south by southwest edu brand it's something that that's definitely been very resonant for me and uh i'd love to maybe you know hear some some sort of closing thoughts from you around how uh, our listeners may be able to, to engage and how, um, you know, what emerges in live experiences and collisions with people you weren't anticipating to meet 
um, are very much central to what uh, South by Southwest EDU is about. First of all, I, I, I so love the framing and, and, and your view of our event, uh, Michael. It, it, it's really flattering to hear it come back around as something that we've been working on uh, for so long. And, and I, I think, you know, as I reflect on some of the conversation we've had, um, I, I think what we love about producing uh, South by Southwest EDU is that there is this sort of attention to the macro and there's this real interest in the micro as well. Like on the one hand, you know, we are, we are inspired, empowered to build the big, big tent because we got an organization who we can't outgrow at scale, right? Mm -hmm. and, and yet uh, as the corollary or the converse to that is trying to provide intimacy and true value and connections uh, for folks. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'll, we'll have four or 500 sessions that we're able to work curating this year on a new format with podcasting is really sort of what jacks us about, uh, about engaging. And it's also, I think, what helps us stay authentic. Uh, and I, I don't think South by would permit any other way. Like that's sort of the way the org roles uh, as a community-fueled event will go where the community takes us. We'll try to, to guide it where appropriate and possible, but but fundamentally, you know, it, it's a it's a platform that uh, we love sharing with the community in that respect. And so, so again, creating the intimacy and, and, and meaningful connections is something we spend a lot of time reflecting on. And, and we, we do that through programming and through a variety of other networking events. You know, one of the, the very small things that we did that had a huge impact was coordinating a number of pop-up dinners at the event. Like we got thousands of folks that don't know one another, but they're mm -hmm. interested in connecting. And so Greg and the team are saying, son of a gun, let's make some reservations somewhere. Let's invite folks to join in. It'll be a Dutch treat. We'll see how it rolls. And, and it was like a, a real powerful experience for folks. And so we think a lot about how do we open those doors for mm -hmm. the community as, as much as, uh, as we enjoy, again, spending a thousand plates. How, do we can, how can we drive these, these intentional connections along the way as well? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm fond of saying we have more fun than the law usually allows hosting South by South. <laughs> so we will uh, we will look forward to seeing you in March and welcome your critiques and and, uh, and and celebrations to help guide us as we move forward in, in trying to refine and improve and, and grow the event as well. Excellent. Uh, uh, Ron Reed, uh, Greg Rosenbaum, uh, the, 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 the guys behind the magic that happens every March in Austin, uh, in South by Southwest EDU. Uh, it's been wonderful uh, working with uh, y'all. I'll say it again. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we look forward to the spring. We look forward to staying in touch uh, as we're gearing up for the launch of this podcast stage. Um, it will be fun. I mean, like it's, there's a lot of value in the podcast stage alone being there for those live performances. And that's just one of 16 or so tracks. I mean, there's plenty of concurrency, plenty of wonderful keynotes. Uh, as someone who's been to a lot of conferences, I, I will uh, fully endorse this one as one that has a lot of bang for its buck. And, uh, and yeah, I'd love to, love to continue the conversation as we head into the spring. And uh, thanks again to uh, Greg and Ron for, for attending today on Trending in Education. Thank you.